as we near the end of this series, I want to thank all of you for being so patient. And I've heard more and more uh, wish to take this course uh, again. I'm not sure if I'll offer it outside of the holiday season. But uh, it is an intriguing idea and does spark an entire research area that I would like to consider. Welcome in once again, students, and for those of you who are new, um, there's plenty of room for everyone. My name is John Christopher Kringle, and we have been examining the 12 days of Christmas, the... the um, round song, I suppose it could be called, out of ancient days, several hundred years old, divorced from us not only in time but in space as we continue to travel out through the galaxy to our eventual destination on this Ark ship. It is kind of amazing how much we have forgotten over time and undoubtedly will forget again. I have, for my own part, had an interest in history, going back many, many years to my youth. But it, it seems not as popular as it once was. Less popular writing, less seminars, less people joining the field. And I suppose out of these lectures, I hope that you will... Be inspired, if not to join the paleo-literature or archaeo-literature um, fields of study, then at least to consider how these ancient stories might tell us truths about who we are, about where we expect to go, about the dreams we have, the dreams we have. Have any of you had the dreams yet? There's something stirring in my mind, deep within the wells of story and tale and folklore, something is stirring. I don't know quite yet. Maybe by the conclusion of all of this, we'll have some, some notion of what that all means. But for today, for today, I am pleased both to offer... Uh, an examination of the original, or, or rather the supposed original, of this verse. But also an interesting angle which I, I think is important. In the original sense, this referred to those people playing musical instruments. At first I had assumed we were talking about singers those who have the pipes, as it's sometimes referred to. Not a very common hobby anymore, but if you've ever heard someone singing properly, those who know how to do it, it is an elegant and amazing creation out of the visceral human body, as opposed to replayed endlessly in digital forms or expressed through complicated instruments, which are as much about programming as they are about playing. But nonetheless, it is not about singers. Instead, it refers to, well, I had tested a whole number of ancient instruments against this 
this theory, after all, pipes have a particular look to them. Woodwind instruments, as they were called, uh, flute and uh, clarinet and something bizarrely called a recorder, which does not record anything. There were variations made of brass and made of of wood. Brass is a is a metal once worked and highly valuable, easily replicated today on the cornucopias, but once considered so much more. Anyway, none of those turned out to be the appropriate thing. Instead, I found this curious instrument. Its lifespan was longer than I would have expected, given its complexity and its somewhat onerous reputation. And its name is both literal and meaningless at the same time. It is an instrument once referred to as the bagpipe, and that may conjure all sort of strange imagery in your minds, but it was indeed a bag, sack, sealed to contain air, attached to several long pipes, each one tuned to produce a particular range of sounds. The, the piper would inflate this bag and produce from it, well, the range of descriptions runs from horrible screeching noise to dreadful, um, fear-inspiring call to lilting melody and visceral, visceral explosion of sound, I suppose. I won't play you any of it. You can search for some vids on your own. There are a few that remain. No players of this bagpipe existed uh, for the hundred years or so before our journey had gone. Well, there may have been a few historians, but I have a, a an inkling that I might try it, that I might take up this this... Thing I've I've had little success in the cornucopia replicating these these things. No plans, no designs exist for them anymore. So it's a lot of interpretation, and I've I've tapped a few of my engineering colleagues to try to make it happen. So far, let's just say that the results have been somewhat underwhelming or overwhelming in the case of one particular disastrous mix. So the idea here, where the previous ones had started to go into the direction of summoning summoning supports or or, um, summoning any um, an entourage, I suppose you might say, of those who might surround your love, this one seems purely celebratory. It may also be a death knell to all enemies of your loved one, with a loved one targeted for the song. I don't think that's really what's meant there, but I, I think, I think it can be a call, um, which would be heard of a great distance. Um, it's, it's difficult to judge distances and other than a few places on the ark ship, most distances are very short. I would encourage you to take a, a, a travel toward the central column 
There's some fascinating distances one can experience there, staggering and mesmerizing and a little overwhelming, a little, little knee-trembling as well, but uh, well worth it. One can almost imagine, I don't think the vids do this perfect justice, uh, the small scant writing that remains describes the power of this instrument as being something which would which would be marked from a far, far distance. I don't think, uh, well, we won't have any experience of it anytime soon, but imagine, if you will, this instrument's being performed somewhere in, say, the central corridor and being heard from dozens, perhaps even hundreds of levels below and above. It would be quite a spectacular a sonic experience, and I hope that I'll be able to replicate this, but not today. So that is what the original interpretation of this most likely was. But as I was thinking about this and doing my etymological and uh, scatological survey of language and literature, I it occurred to me that these are adaptable words. I've spoken about how some have interpreted each of them along the way, but then I realize they can be interpreted again anew, and perhaps that is what we will need to do. We will need to make these meaningful in our own contexts, rather than trying to hold on to some dissociated, uh, planet-based uh, notions. Instead, we must make these words our own. Now, while I still intend to pursue this bagpipe as a possible endeavor, it occurs to me that this, this line might very well be used in our modern day to recognize the hard work of all of the maintenance people, those who are in the pipes transferring energy, information, water, and elementals, elements, I suppose, um, from one part of the ship to another. These maintenance people are responsible for keeping the lifeblood of this ship moving, and I think, I think it would be great to acknowledge them with this line. So, there you have it. Tomorrow we will conclude the core reading of the lines of the Twelve Days of Christmas. There will be one lecture which follows that, which I think shall be interesting. Now, your homework tonight. Watch a vid. See if you can find one which speaks to you. And see if you can find one with a lone piper piping. I think you'll find it mesmerizing. Until tomorrow, children, be well, and Merry Christmas. Christmas.